You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. And another episode of Absent Minded, and it is the player of the month for December. And it's me, Patrick Bexel, and I'm joined by the ever-present Matt Drake. Thank you for joining us, Matt. Of course. What better to do on a day off, right? Indeed. And, uh, well, we're recording this after the Sweden-Finland game. And got to say, Matt, you were right. Uh, Nathan was right. Nathan said in, in, in the Slack chat, like, Finland would outplay Sweden for 59 minutes and uh, then Sweden would win anyway. Um, yeah. yeah. We're, like, that's what I said in the last pod, right? It's like Sweden can generate so many scoring chances. Like, if you don't bury them, you're in trouble. You know, Finland probably should have won that game, but you don't bury them. What are you going to do? They can generate the scoring chances. Yeah, and uh, I, I just looked into our uh, podcast article about the uh, the previews, and uh, everyone is talking about uh, Lindbom and uh, seventh rounder, and obviously the comparison here in Sweden is there is another seventh rounder that was just had his jersey retired in a Ukraine jersey and had a even special evening in Frölunda. The other week, yeah. Henrik Lundqvist. So goalies are voodoo. You never know what you're going to get. I mean, it's it's the age-old story with goalies, man. Sometimes you draft them fifth overall, and they turn out to be one of the best ever. Sometimes you draft them in the third round. Sometimes you don't even draft them. Sometimes you draft the... them in the seventh round, and they end up being Henrik Lundqvist. So, I mean, it's... You know, I I think nobody's ever quite figured out goaltender scouting, and I don't know if we ever will. And uh, maybe it's better that way. You just kind of luck of the draw. You got to find the goalies where you find them. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, no goalies on this list for Player of the Month in December. Um, I'm going to start with your favorite. Uh, he's on the ice in a few hours, and uh, Joshua Roy, um having a good tournament in the World Juniors, and uh, obviously has been everywhere before that. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I've been pumping Joshua Roy's tires for the better part of two years at this point. And it's, he deserves every ounce of praise that he gets at this point. I think the the main thing that probably pushed him into being the player of the month here um, is, is probably what he's done at the world juniors. Yet again, you see the same thing that we saw in the summer, right? He's This time, instead of starting on the first line, getting bumped down and then working his way back up, he started on the third line. And as soon as they lost that game against Czechia, what happened? And I predicted this ahead of time. I said, by the end of the tournament, he's going to be at the top of the list in terms of five-on-five ice time. And sure as God's got sandals, as soon as they lose that game, what happens? They bump him up onto the top line with Logan Stankoven and Connor Bedard, and that line has been... But we talked about it on the quarterfinal preview pod. The, the team's been a bit of a one-trick pony. That line has kind of been driving everything, but it's a really good trick. It works more often than not. And um, he, he's deserved that promotion 100%. The way that he plays, um, obviously, he brings a lot of pace, um, which is surprising and to, to some. But if you've been following him uh, over the course of the last two years, you know the number one thing that he needed to work on was his skating. And he knew that better than anybody. Any interview that you ever saw with Joshua Hawaii, he was always talking about, I, I need to get better at a 200 foot game and I need to work on my skating. And we're seeing some skating from him in this tournament that is far better than anything we've seen from him for a long time. 
I saw it all throughout the course of this year. I was posting tons of clips of him on Twitter and being like, look at this, look at the way he's skating. This is better than we saw last year. And a lot of people were like, yeah, he's still got a long way to go. And now he's out there hanging with Connor Bedard. I mean, you, you can't say enough about this kid's work ethic. Um, he knows what he needs to work on. He's willing to put in the work. Uh, he's conscientious enough to, uh, to, to see his own flaws and have an innate desire to actually work on them. That's kind of rare in hockey players to, to be able to self-reflect that much and, and take a look at their weak points and have a desire to improve them. You have that with Joshua Hawaii. He's clearly showing the improvement. It is benefiting him greatly as a part of this Team Canada that's on their way to, uh, to try and repeat as a gold medal. And man, I, I can't say how excited, I can't say enough how excited I am to see this guy make the next step. Uh, people have been doubting him since day one. Uh, you know, he fell all the way to the fifth round of the draft to Habs pick him up. And people have been doubting him ever since then as well. Uh, I cannot wait until he gets a chance to make this team. I really think he's going to surprise a lot of people. And he could be a big part of this team for a long time if he keeps working on things. Um, really excited about his progress. Um, honestly, it's weird for me to say this because I'm not related to him or anything, but I'm incredibly proud of this kid and where he's come uh, or how far he's come, rather. Uh, it's It's exciting to see somebody like that as a fifth round pick potentially becoming an impact player at the NHL level. I mean, like we follow ice hockey, uh, not for a living, but part-time and uh, the players you follow, you get attached to them. You, 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 you become proud of when they succeed. So, so there's always that. And, and hopefully it doesn't shine through too much when we're writing our articles or, or speak on the podcast. I picked Emil Heinemann as player of the month. Um, I was up, I didn't really know who to pick in regards to Heinemann and Kapanen. Kapanen obviously leading, uh, being the captain for Team Finland um, in World Juniors that just crashed out. He had a good goal in in opening the scoring in the in the game. Unfortunately, that was more or less what happened. Uh, he lost a couple of, of and then obviously I choose Heinemann before this. Uh, he lost a couple of very important face-offs uh, in the dying minutes, um, unfortunately for Kapanen, and, and it was tough to see because I, you get attached, as I said. Um, Heinemann, I'm not as attached to him. Uh, I'm, I'm watching him live for the first time uh, this week, so it would be very interesting in that regard. But he was, nice. picked, uh, he was picked to the Swiss tournament that is a replacement tournament of the old Isvestia in, in Russia uh, for obvious reasons, and uh, um, with the Swedish national team and uh, Sam Hallam, the newly minted Swedish coach and uh, a, a coach we interviewed here on the podcast a couple of years ago. Um, he put him on the fourth line, energizer, uh, greater as, as uh, his coach in Lexan says. Um, and, and he was successful. He was also on the second power play unit. Uh, and that's where he got some one of the goals, at least, or if it was just when, when the power play ran out. Uh, but he scored three goals in three games still on the national team level. And, and I wouldn't say an A team because obviously the NHL players aren't there. And uh, uh, But but the B team and the rest, the best of the rest. Uh, impressive. Um, he also scored in, in the, the last game of, of, of last year in 2022 uh, for Lexand. And uh, I think, you know, he needs that confidence boost and, and hopefully it makes him progress. I still see lapses in his defensive game. But I think that he could, uh, he needs to, to to work on it. But also, maybe the bigger eyes is a hindrance to him. Um, 
whereas he can get lost a little bit and, and lose a player uh, behind him. Whereas uh, in uh, uh, in 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 on a smaller ice in AHL or NHL, he will uh, get the opportunity to to maybe um, stay along the boards and, and be sure that he has his man covered. Uh, it will be interesting to see him in AHL next year because I don't think he will make the jump into the NHL directly. Well, he he surprised at camp this year, didn't he? I think a lot of people like he opened a lot of eyes. When they made that trade with Calgary, I think everybody had their eyes. I, I remember on Twitter, everybody, as soon as there was the trade with Calgary was announced, but they didn't say who the prospect was. It was, oh, there's a pick and a prospect coming to Montreal. We don't know who the prospect is. We'll update you later. And everybody and their cousin was saying Jakob Belsi. Uh, obviously, you know, we gravitate towards the French Canadians as Montreal Canadiens fans. But then they said Emil Heinemann. I think a lot of people were, you were the only guy who really had any information on him. Nobody else had really seen him play. A lot of people were remember they were trying to say he's another Arturi Lekkinen, and you were quick to put some cold water on that and say, well, listen, he's got a shot, but he's uh, not quite that good defensively like Lekkinen is. But I think he turned a lot of heads at camp with his offense. And, you know, it's, it's exciting to hear that he's doing well at this point, that he's getting some opportunities with the national team for Sweden. Um, I, I think it's unsurprising to a lot of us that saw him at camp because of what he was doing offensively. Like I uh, didn't he have a two goal game at one point during the preseason? Or... He probably had, yeah. I mean, Am like I he he is a, of... he is a a uh, Victor Olofsson kind of player, uh, you know, wicked shot, um, more powerful shot than than Victor in in Buffalo, but but he is the same kind of player. I I think it will take time for him to develop in the AHL, and I might have to eat up uh, my comments later. But this is what I think, and. And uh, he's. If you end up on that third, fourth line, you need someone that is responsible. If you end up on the, on the on the second line, uh, yeah, you, you you need to be able to go against the best uh, on of the other team as well. So so you, he needs to work on that defense. It will be very interesting to see what he does on the smaller ice. I'm 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 curious about that, going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he turned a lot of heads at camp. We'll we'll see. I, I think I agree with you. Some time in Laval would be, um, maybe he can turn some more heads, earn himself a spot. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two now streaming only on Disney Plus. Indeed, and uh, we'll be right back after this message. We're back, and one guy that has he spent a little bit too long in Laval now, Matt? Yes, see, Ilanen. We've been speaking about him <laughs> for about two, two, three, three years. Uh, haven't we some time in in uh, in Laval but it has turned into a very long time in Laval yeah and you know what I I was ranting about this on the last episode of the bottom six minutes um the Habs need to bring him up I don't know what they're doing like we we've seen enough of the dead weight guys right we've seen enough of Mike Hoffman we've seen enough of Yoel Armia I would have no problem if you know one or two of these dead weight guys that they've got up front if they just went ahead and put them on waivers 
cut bait and said, listen, we're not going to get a trade for him because I would way rather see what Jesse Alonen can do with the Montreal Canadiens. We know what he can do in, in Laval. He makes their power play better. Montreal has a pretty horrible power play. Um, he's clearly capable of producing offensively. Montreal struggling a little bit to produce offensively at five on five outside of the top line. And defensively, uh, I felt in the in the games that I've seen him play in Laval, he's actually pretty solid. So I don't see the advantage of continuing to play him in Laval. I think you need to, at this point, for the sake of the rebuild, find out what he can do with the Montreal Canadiens. He's had a couple of call-ups, right? Uh, but I, I think maybe he's played eight games tops with the Montreal Canadiens. Like, I'd say bring this guy up at this point. He's doing well enough down in Laval that I think he's earned it. And for the rebuild right now, the best thing that you can do is try to figure out who can play around your top line. You know Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki are solid. You know they're going to work well at the other side of the rebuild when you're finished. You need to know who can play around them. And Ilonen is, is the type of guy that could maybe figure into that middle six role on your second or your third line and provide some secondary scoring for you. Why not now? Why not give him the opportunity now and see what he can do? And then maybe next year he could potentially earn himself a permanent spot. Uh, I think it's kind of silly for us to to be holding him down in Laval at this point. You know, if, if he comes up and they end up losing games with him in the lineup, it's not hurting the team anyways. It's just giving him that opportunity, giving him those reps at the top level to see what he can do. I think he's done well enough to earn it at this point. Yeah, and we also have to mention the fact that uh, Anthony Richard was an obvious candidate for player of the month in Laval, but he was called up and thereby yeah. uh, fell off by default. But it was those two players that that really was the, the choice for, for Scott to, to look at in, uh, in regards to player of the month. I want to see Jesse Ilonen succeed. I've been following him since the draft, obviously. Uh, very nice guy. And, and again, I say this every time I speak about him. Look at his skating. If you want to... I mean, Joshua Rao should look at, at Jesse Ilonen's skating anyway uh, and, and, and learn from that. Jesse Ilonen was not a good skater, he told me, when he was a kid. He worked mm. hard for t- 10, 12 years in order for it to become arguably one of the better skaters in that draft. It's technically superb. So, so look at Jesse Ilonen, see what he can do and what you can learn from, from that. That's how you, how you learn kids. You, you look at someone that is, is the best and try to emulate him or her in in. Uh, in, uh, in in that sport that they are doing or in writing or math or anything else. And now I sound like a teacher again. Um, <laughs> ob- the obvious player of the month is uh, ob- Cole Caulfield. Uh, fantastic. 21 goals and 19 to go, Matt. And I'm going to leave this one to you. 19 to go, man. Um, honestly, at this point, we might start wanting to consider it as 29 to go. And can he hit 50? I mean... We're less than halfway through the season. He's already halfway to 40, uh, over halfway to 40. What more can you say about this guy? I mean, he can score from anywhere. He's virtually automatic. He's doing most of his damage at five on five. They've got an anemic power play that can't get anything done. And coming into the league, he was considered by a lot of people who hadn't really watched him play as being, you know, a power play merchant, a guy that was just really going to pile up points on the power play with the man advantage. Um, but he, that hasn't been the case. He's been doing most of his damage at five on five. He is, I, I would say at this point, right up there with Nick Suzuki for the best player period on the Montreal Canadiens roster. Um, and he and he hasn't even gotten his, uh, his first contract coming out of the ELC yet. So 
Um, everything this kid is doing is absolutely fantastic. Um, they have to lock him down, uh, I would say, before the season is over. I really don't want to see them go into the offseason with him not having a contract. I understand why they haven't done it just yet, but uh, you know, I'm going to keep advocating for them doing it before the season is over. Um, he's, again, one of the uh, one of the two best players on this team right now, and nothing seems to be able to stop him. I mean, you look at a 9-2 loss the other night, and who's the one guy in that 9-2 loss that managed to stand out and still look good despite the team looking pretty terrible for an entire 60 minutes? It's Cole Caulfield. I mean, there, there aren't that many players that can do that in a game where the team just goes out there and absolutely lays an egg and they can still stand out and really pop your eyes when you're watching and go, wow, that guy. You know, you, you don't have a ton of players like that on your roster. He's one of them. You know, lock this guy down as soon as possible because these player of the month uh, articles, it's going to be a lot of cool coffee from here on out for the rest of the season unless they do something drastic. Uh, because I, I don't see anybody else really performing at the same level as him other than Nick Suzuki. Um, it's It's been a really eye-opening season for him. This is kind of his breakout year, and it's crazy that you can manage to have a breakout year in a year where the team is probably going to finish bottom five. Um, can't say enough about this kid. Lock him down as soon as possible. What a performance from him this season. Another of the youngster who was the honorable mention, Caden Gooley, and um, our good friend and, and uh, guest on the pond every now and then, uh, Jason Paul, Wave Intel on Twitter. He just said on TSN, I think it was with uh, Joel Alferi, that Gula has a high percentage of his time on ice against elite competition. And this makes it even yeah. more interesting to see in, in the graph that, that Jason Paul presents um, that, first and foremost, he's facing elite competition. He still does very well. And he leads the team in even strength points in December. Yeah, man. I mean, anybody who watched Caden Julie's junior career could have told you that this was possible, but I don't think anybody was predicting that he was going to come into the league as a rookie and immediately be able to step into top pairing minutes against, like you mentioned, some of the most elite competition the league has to offer and farewell in it. I mean, this guy has had everything stacked against him. He's coming in the league as a rookie, um, never played in the NHL games. And uh, well, here you go, kid, you're going to be on the top pair for a team that is probably going to be in the bottom five of the league. Um, that's, that's about as stacked as the deck can be against you. And still somehow he's managed to put together an extremely effective season. He's, um, he's right at the top. I think of rookie defenseman scoring. I think he's number two. Um, of course he had the uh, injury, unfortunately recently. So we're not too sure how long he's going to be out. Uh, but you saw how important he is to this team in that 9-2 loss. With him out, I mean, there's there's very little that they can do against the top opposition that the team has. Alexander Ovechkin goes out there and scores a hat trick. You got to wonder if Caden Gooley was on the ice, would he have maybe been able to limit that a little bit? Maybe Ovechkin only gets one goal. Maybe the game's a little bit less ugly. Uh, I think they probably still lose. I'm not sure Caden Gooley can really put the whole team on his back and, and carry them to a win instead of a 9-2 anyway. loss. But, you know, at the very least, I think he would have made that game a little bit more respectable. And I don't think anybody would argue that point. Uh, I think at the beginning of the year, people would have said, you know, you're crazy to say that he could turn a 9-2 loss into, I don't know, a 5-2 or a 6-2 loss. Uh, it's kind of sad that we have to even wonder that. But I really do believe that if he was on the ice there, you know, it would have been a much more respectable um, final score. And 
the, the way that he's played this season, the, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, he, he, every time he's on the ice, he's able to limit a lot of those scoring chances. He's getting back on defense against odd man rushes and making plays that are well beyond his years. Uh, and he's chipping in offensively. I mean, it, it's been a great uh, rookie season for him. I think he's probably even got a chance at sneaking into the Calder conversation. He might not win it. Uh, there are some really strong candidates out there. So I think winning, it's going to be a tough sell for him, but I think he'll sneak into that conversation. Could even end up being a finalist uh, with the way that he's played and with how important he's been to Montreal's defensive core so far. Uh, really great season for him. And um, I, I, I think he's going to parlay that into an even better sophomore campaign. Uh, we'll see an even better Caden Gooley in 2023, 24. Uh, so, you know, everybody buckle up. This guy's going to be a staple on the Montreal Canadiens blue line for a long time. Yeah, and we know how incredibly close it was that he was staying with Montreal Canadiens last year. He's proven that the year extra has benefited him. He's he's looking stronger. He's uh, playing smarter. And I think, you know, you, you mentioned signing Cole Caulfield. Caden Gooley will be one of the next contracts coming up there. Because yes. you, you want to sign this core defenseman that you can build a defense around for the future. I, I struggle to even put a figure on it. I don't know how much he's going to cost, um, but I, I would absolutely, I, I would not bridge him. I would lock him down long-term. I think if you bridge him, that's the big conversation that I've had with a lot of my friends about the Habs is, you know, do you sign Caden Gooley to a bridge deal or do you go long-term? I go long-term right out of the gate with him coming out of that ELC. Uh, I think if you bridge him, you're you're running into the same situation that you ran into with PK Subban is that he's going to have a real breakout offensive year, right? We know Caden Gooley's offense was, was slow coming on and we're already seeing it. In, in flashes this season. I think we're going to see more of it next year. And then it's going to come more and more and more as he gets more time in the league. It was the same thing in the WHL with him. His offense grew as he spent more time in the league. And as you mentioned, that extra year was very beneficial for him in terms of his offensive output. Um, if you bridge him, I really think you're running into that PK Subban situation where he's going to, he's going to maybe even challenge for a Norris. And then all of a sudden that price tag for the long-term deal it shoots up by several million dollars. So for me, for my money, I think as soon as you get towards the end of that ELC, I think you got to lock him down for as long as he's willing to sign. Uh, because yes, he's going to be a staple on this blue line for a long time. And if you bridge him, you're just going to drive the cost of your long-term deal up even further. We know the cap's going up. Not very much next year, but over the course of the next few years, it's going to go up more and more. But still, you want to be able to cost control. And I think this guy's shown enough uh, in his rookie season, and he'll show enough next year that signing him to that long-term deal uh, down the road, it's going to look a lot better uh, that you did it instead of going for that bridge deal. You've been listening to December's Player of the Month for Hands Eyes on the Price. It's Matt Ray and Patrick Bexel. And we wish you all the best and uh, enjoy more hockey today and tomorrow.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.